The Cultural Podcast, episode 123. Listeners, child, thanks for tuning in. You already know what we're going to be discussing this week. We got to talk about the Super League, what it means for Juventus, what it means for Inter Milan, but what it means for European football more broadly, what it means for you, and why this might have all been done. I've got some theories, so we're going to get right into that. And somehow, some way, we're actually going to discuss a little bit of recent City Cultural action, believe it or not. We had some crazy games recently. We had a double match week. We had one of the biggest games of the weekend between two teams that you wouldn't have necessarily thought would be involved in such a game, but we have... A big battle going on atop the table and at the bottom of it. And it's very interesting. It's very heated at the moment. So let's get right into it. Let's not waste any fucking time, you sons of bitches. Let's let's get into the action. I want you all to sit back, relax, and as always, enjoy this 123rd episode. Now, without further ado, let's throw it over to Pino. Pino, take it away. Dai. Let's go. Io delle donne non mi fido, il corteggiamento è un rito, troppo spesso si finisce che una donna ti tradisce. E non mi importa se son bionde, non mi importa se son more, a me basta che siano tonde e disposte a far l'amore. Io da bambino veramente fui cacciato dalla scuola perché la professoressa mi faceva molto gola quando facevo il militare. Poi la moglie del tenente mi faceva le moine di una presa tra la gente, perciò bambina, se sono qui per te stasera è una fortuna. Andiamo! Let's go, guys. All right, let's let, let's let's let it roll a little while here. Let's let Pino roll. I, I need to gather my thoughts. Let him roll. Jesus Christ! Listeners, hope you're all doing well. Welcome to episode number 123 of the Cultural Podcast. Sam Adamo coming at you, and. Wow, that fucking escalated quickly. Jesus Christ. I mean, that really got out of hand quickly. Holy hell. Um, hope you're all well. I mean, double match week this past this past uh this past 7 days, game at the weekend, games this these past couple of days in midweek, you'd think there'd be a lot to talk about there on that front. Nope. Nope. Can't even start with any matches. We got we got some business to talk about, don't we? Cuz you haven't been hearing enough about you haven't been hearing enough about the Super League already these past couple of days. I'm sure I'm sure nobody's sick of it and uh I'm sure everyone's just dying to hear a little bit more discussion about the Super League. What the actual fuck is going on here? Look, look. So I mean, if you live it under a rock, the past couple of days, let me bring you up to speed. Several clubs in Europe finally pulled the trigger on this famous, infamous, I guess, Super League that we've been hearing talk about for years that Andrea Agnelli has kind of had as his, his pet project for a little while. And as it turns out, Juve, Agnelli's club, were not the only Italian side to take part in this. Uh, Milan and Inter were... Dragged into this as well. And Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Real Madrid, six big teams in England all decided to band together and create this European Super League, which again, everyone, I'm assuming everyone's aware of what the fuck's been going on, right? So, I mean, right off the bat, right off the bat, shit goes, shit goes nuts, right? People are losing their minds. Everyone starts, everyone starts flipping out, talking about how football is for the fans, all the platitudes that 
you know, that you that you'd expect. People start virtue signaling and people start losing their minds. People think that them protesting is going to do something. I, listen, there are so many layers to this. I don't even know where to start. I really don't know where to start. The, the, look, the, let, let's be clear. Let's be clear. I'm not in favor of a Super League. I'm not for the sole purpose. Or I'm not in favor of the Super League as it was proposed. As a fan, I don't want it to happen. I like the idea that football is meritocratic. And I like the idea that anybody can... Uh, come up the ranks and and play with the big boys. I like that about the sport. I like that about the infrastructure of football. I think it works in other sports, in baseball, for example, in you know in in the U.S. or in cricket in India or in Aussie rules football in in Australia because they're smaller sports in the grand scheme of things. They're not global like football. This football is too big. I think to only have 20 teams take part in a closed league. But the fundamental issue, right, of doing this whole thing is that every single other club winds up losing out big time. And, I mean, I get I get that if you're one of the big clubs that wants to take part in this, you think, well, that's not my fucking problem. I only have an interest in, in advancing my own position and trying to be as competitive as possible. But ultimately, I mean, it, it does feel a little bit strange to dilute the level of the rest of the competition that you might see in uh, virtually every other country if you know teams that are taking part in the Super League can no longer take part in their respective domestic league. So let, let's be clear here. Let's be clear. Uh, I th when, when this whole news story broke, I, like most people, was a little bit shell-shocked, right? Because... I'd known about this for a while. I mean, everyone's been reading about this, this, this disgruntlement that existed among some of the top clubs in Europe and the fact that they didn't like the revenue-sharing structure that existed with UEFA. So that wasn't a surprise, but it was kind of out of nowhere, right? It was a real bomba. Just, it just, like, like not a Tancredi Palmeri bomba. Like an actual bomba. An actual, like, right out of nowhere, boom, here... You know, here, here, here you go, dick slap in the face. Consider this. Um, and that's a little bit weird. That's a little bit conspicuous, I think, because you would have thought that if I don't know if if there were rumblings of this sort of thing being announced, I mean, you you would have you would have thought that perhaps it would have that we would have caught wind of it before it was just you know before the statement of intent to form the Super League was announced. So right there, and I mean, right, right there, it's a little bit odd. But then, you know, I, I, I wanted to kind of just talk about the, the, the morality of doing something like this and whether or not it's something that we should stand for or not. Um, but, motherfucker, everything has changed in the past 24, 48 hours, and now all of a sudden the whole thing looks like it's on ice and the whole thing apparently has gone tits up already. And... I'm a little suspicious. I'm a little suspicious. I think it's possible. I view I view one of two possibilities here. I think that either and if you haven't if you haven't got the uh, got the memo, I mean, we're going to be discussing this more than we discuss any results of the weekend. Maybe in the latter half of the pod, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. This is going to be a long ass fucking stream of consciousness. 
There was no way that I could get a fucking guest on the podcast this week. I was planning on it, and I'm like, holy shit, I got to talk. I got to just, I got to let it all out here because I got a lot I got to say, and I got to cover all the angles involved. But here's the thing. Here's the thing when it comes to this whole Super League uh, attempted breakoff from some of the top clubs in Europe. I think it's one of either two things and nothing in between. It's either an embarrassing coup d'etat, and like, like like the worst failed coup d'etat you've ever seen, the least well-organized, I mean, the, the most poorly organized coup d'etat you've ever seen, the most limp coup d'etat you've ever seen, like weak limp dick, like, like, like 78 years old, no Viagra, Hugh Hefner type shit, banging Playboy models when he was 87 years old without Viagra, weak limp dick. Like this was the, it's, it's either that it's either so poorly thought out, right? Cause you, you can't have a cartel where within a day, one or two of the constituents of the cartel backs out. I mean, that makes absolutely no sense. You would think that for them to have done something, this cataclysmic, this, this, this ground shaking, they would have. The clubs involved would have been totally behind it. They would have, you know, presumably expected there to be backlash and a bunch of fans bitching online saying they're going to boycott. And, you know, they probably expected to get no support. I find it very hard to believe that a little bit of a little bit of anger online or a lot of anger online would have been enough to dissuade the presidents of a couple of the clubs from participating in the league. I mean, again, a little bit weird. But if, but if if that's the case, and if Man City yesterday decided, you know what, we're getting cold feet now, this is a lot worse than we thought. Yeah, we don't need this. We're fucking, you know, we have daddy, we have, uh, we have, we have daddy Sheik, whatever the hell his name is, Sheik Mansoor. You know, we're back by Abu Dhabi. We don't really need this shit. We don't need the money. At the end of the day, we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna you know we're gonna back out and we're gonna make amends and we're gonna we're gonna make a good PR <laughs> despite the bad PR of this whole thing we're gonna kind of be we we Manchester City are gonna be the um we, we are gonna set the moral high ground here we are gonna set the moral standard we are gonna we are gonna we are gonna do what's right I mean if that happened I mean that's then then very weak coup d'état that's one alternative. But the other possibility that I was thinking about was that maybe maybe Andrea Agnelli and Florentino Perez aren't quite as stupid and disorganized as we think, or as it seemed, as it seemed yesterday when the whole thing appeared to have been falling apart. Maybe this was all fucking planned. I actually think, the more I think about this, the more I believe it makes sense that this might have all been a power play to strong arm UEFA and FIFA into giving them a larger share of the pie. And not them, just the top clubs. Just re remember, Andrea Agnelli, up until two days ago when he resigned, was the chairman of the European Clubs Association, the ECA. And his whole duty in that role was basically to act as a thorn in UEFA's side and to lobby to all the clubs in Europe, right? Or whatever clubs were a part of the association. I don't know if it was all clubs or a select number of clubs who were of a certain status. In any event... His job was to basically lobby among other top clubs to UEFA to try to have them relinquish as much power as possible and turn over as much power and money to the clubs because it's in the club's best interest to see the largest share of the pie possible because the more money they see, the more sustainable they can become and the less stress they have to 
uh, inject you know the owner's cash into the clubs and the healthier the club could be the less pressure they have to sell players etc so if we if we take the perspective if we if we take a look at things from that perspective right that Agnelli has for years been an advocate for power to the clubs over you know UEFA having power that it could wield over everyone it does make sense that he would have done something like this if he felt, if he and Perez and, you know, presidents of other large clubs might have felt that it would have been enough to put public pressure on UEFA to make a concession to the clubs, which is maybe all they really wanted, right? Uh, because here's the thing. Yesterday, now there are fucking reports coming out that UEFA has apparently made good with a lot of the clubs and decided to commit to injecting 7 billion euro of liquidity into the Champions League competition, which would go to all the clubs that participate in it, which is good for the clubs. I mean, at the end of the day, here, here's my fucking issue. I get that a lot of fans are pissed off that a lot of these clubs tried to do this shit. I get it, right? Because no one likes the idea of, I mean, no no one likes the idea of, of, of modern football. It's a very, it's a very, you know, I actually think a lot of people love consuming modern football, but I think when, when confronted with it, there's this weird cognitive dissonance where people say, no, 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 There's too much money in the game. You know, football's, football's for the fans. And people, you know, start virtue signaling. People start going nuts online and uh, talking about how football is for the people and so on and so forth. But in any event, I think that despite the fact that a lot of people are pissed off at the clubs right now for having done something like this. I think there's something to be said about UEFA wielding too much power because at the end of the day, who the fuck are UEFA, man? What is UEFA? You take UEFA out of the equation, will still will people still watch football? Absolutely. If you take the clubs out of football, will people still watch football? No, God no. I mean, if I start playing, if I mean, listen, if my beer league team becomes UEFA accredited, it's not possible. I don't live in Europe, but in theory, if they did, and I somehow, you know. I don't know, I play in the UEFA Champions League and I play against a bunch of other beer league teams. That doesn't have any intrinsic value to it. People aren't going to watch that. So just because you call that beer league competition the Champions League and it's the, you know, it's the UEFA Champions League, it doesn't, I mean, it's not UEFA and the fact that it is the Champions League that sells. What sells is the fact that Bayern Munich are playing Real Madrid, right? Or that Juventus are playing Chelsea. That sells more than anything else. So in theory, big clubs with following, can play in any real fucking competition they want. So it is a little bit foolish that they not try to maximize their bargaining position when it comes to their status with UEFA. Why the fuck wouldn't they? Do they not, does Florentino Perez, does Andrea Agnelli not have a duty to Juventini across the world to enhance Juve's position in all things? I mean, football-wise, you want to be as financially secure as possible so that you can be as competitive as possible. I, you know, here's the thing, right? All the clubs, and my fundamental issue with the Super League is that if all these clubs go into the closed system of the Super League where only five teams per year in the top five leagues in Europe are getting granted access to it and all the other granddaddies are, are kept in for good, I mean, it's problematic for a number of reasons. One, it's that it resets football at T equals zero, and it means that no more history could be written. Everything as is is how we will continue to have things go. If I take the example of clubs um, that made the Champions League final in the 80s who are no longer really relevant, you know, I, I view that as being totally normal, right? 
teams rise, teams fall, leagues rise, leagues fall, countries rise, countries fall. Um, I think that's a normal part of the game. So there's that issue that I have with the Super League. But more importantly, I don't necessarily view it as being a smart move for Juventus to take part in this league where they're going to get 400 million euro for just joining, right? Because, yeah, you know, it's great that they will have secured the bag, but secured the bag for what? To play in a competition that is kind of devalued because the whole element of competition is removed, right? Because there's no, there's no, it's it's not based in, it's not based on merit, right? So the whole, po the whole point of football is kind of predicated on the idea that we have competition that, that teams need to strive for success in. But, you know, a Super League kind of, I mean, it's almost a, it's almost a, it's almost a clown show, right? Because all the principles that we kind of like in football go out the window and you need, you need, you need the risk of failure in order for success to be, uh, you know, tasty. So that's obviously a major issue. But despite that, despite that, it makes sense that in all things, a club like Juve, let's just take Juve as an example, right? Because they're an Italian club. This is the cultural podcast. Let's take Juve as an example. Andrea Agnelli needs to maximize Juventus' bargaining position with UEFA at all, in any way that he can, okay? Because it's his job to try to stay as competitive and to keep the business afloat. And I get that people hate the footballs of business, but motherfucker, anytime money is involved in any transaction, I mean, in, in, in any equation, in any, in any dynamic, it becomes a factor. But here's the thing. I mean, anyone that says that money is ruining the game, I mean, if you feel that way, then don't watch the Champions League. Don't watch any fuck. Don't, don't watch Don't watch the Bundesliga. Don't watch Serie A. Go, go watch local football. Um, go to your pub, you know, go to your local and go down and watch your non-league side play. And that's it. Then, you know, there's no money in the game and it's, you know, the, the product sucks. It's what it is. I mean, it's fun. It's a nice experience. You're involved with your community, but... People want to see good quality football, you know. Then naturally, money's going to be involved because there's something to be sold. It's it's not actually inherently evil, you know. And and let's not pretend that fucking fans are going to boycott any level of football. I mean, if if their club is playing in any league, yeah, people might be disenfranchised. But at the end of the day, people are going to want to watch their club no matter what competition they're playing in. I mean, this is it's just how it is. I think it's a totally hollow threat when people say they're going to boycott the Super League. I mean, yeah, all kinds, all kinds. You tweeting about the Super League and how, you know, you're against it changes fuck all. I don't care that Man City and Chelsea and a bunch of other fucking clubs, all the English clubs backed out of the competition yesterday. I think that has nothing to do with the backlash. The backlash, I mean, you bitching about it online has about as much effect on, on the world as you posting a black square last June because you don't like racism doesn't change anything, right? In and of itself, it's... It, it, the, 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 the problem is that... The problem is that a lot of... A lot of people tend to get really behind an idea without actually considering all the factors. And I want, you, I want to consider this here for a sec. If the Super League happens, who loses out, right? If it were to happen in theory. I mean, UEFA loses out. Fans of every other club outside of those 15, 20 teams lose out. And you might argue that fans of the teams in the Super League competition also lose out because they feel that the competition is kind of devalued. 
So that is obviously not Pareto efficient. Everyone is not as happy as they could be, right? Now, if you take things as they are right now, where we have a Champions League, it's run by UEFA, everything is centralized. I mean, is it Pareto efficient if fans are happy because it's a meritocratic system and UEFA is happy because they get a lot of money out of this competition that they get to put on and they have the monopoly over the whole thing, but the clubs are pissed off because they feel that they're getting gypped? Well, no, that's not Pareto efficient either. Clubs feel, if clubs feel like they're not seeing as much of the pie as they should, it makes sense for them to want to try to strong arm the people who they are negotiating with. And I think, again, you know, it could very well be that this whole thing just went tits up and it was, to they were, you know, it was, it was not well prepared. But man, if, if all these teams were serious and after one day, all the English teams decided to back out, you don't think there would be litigation from the clubs that are still involved, basically Real Madrid and Juve. I mean, they seem to be the two granddaddies of this whole thing. Man United seem to have been very involved as well. But as an English club, they kind of all collectively backed out. I mean, do you really think that that would happen quietly? Do you really think that they would be allowed to just back out without some kind of some kind of long, drawn-out legal process? Absolutely not, man. At, the, at surface level, when you heard about this thing happening a couple of days ago, you assumed this was going to be drawn out for a long time. And it's going to be a battle between FIFA and these clubs. That's what it looked like. The fact that within a day... Half the teams backed out? It's not because you protested online. No fucking way. I think this was planned. It was deliberate. Now, if it wasn't, if it wasn't deliberate, this is brilliant. It's absolutely incredible. I mean, it's, 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 it's hilarious if Andrea Agnelli double-crossed the godfather of his daughter, Alexander Cefarin, the, the president of UEFA, to launch this Super League and it goes tits up in 48 hours. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. I, I hope, I honestly, I hope that's true just for the story. That is, that is incredible. And you know, here's the thing. Even if that were true, I wouldn't think any less of Andrea Agnelli. I get what he's going for. Um, I think Andrea Agnelli has always acted in the best interest of Juve. Uh, I, and I really do think that a lot of these clubs are acting in their own respective best interest. I do get that. But I am almost convinced beyond a reasonable doubt that this was a power play. They never had any real attempt, intent of doing this. I really think that it was a case of, you know what, if we have to go through with this, worst case scenario, we wind up with the Super League, we make a shit ton of money. I guess that's okay. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, uh, UEFA is going to cave. We know they will. Because think about it, man. UEFA and FIFA need these clubs to be members. Because as much as breaking off from the standard you know, FIFA football mafia, as, my, as much as breaking off from that, that infrastructure might have pissed a lot of people off, Juve fans and Interisti and Milanisti and Man United fans are still going to want to watch their club, albeit a little bit bitterly in some cases, but they would still watch it. They still would watch it. So who loses out? FIFA. FIFA loses out because either they get cucked, they let all the players that are in the Super League play in their competitions like the World Cup, or they don't, which is what they threatened. I mean, they came out within within a day like fucking Tony Montana, guns blazing at the end of Scarface, I mean, pulling no punches, b bazooka through the door, whatever the fuck, whatever the hell that gun he used at the end of the movie was. Great scene. But, you, you know, FIFA came right out and said, if you take part in this league, you're not involved in, you're not, you're not allowed to get involved in any... FIFA level competition, be it the World Cup or even your own individual respective domestic leagues because those are trickle-down leagues 
who belong to us. Well, I get that it's, listen, it's great of FIFA to have said that. I don't actually know that the clubs themselves might have been that scared by that prospect. A lot of players might have been like, uh, dude, what the fuck? You know, because they all want to play in the World Cup. But, man, FIFA can't afford to go without the best players in the world for their World Cup. It devalues their product and it renders the whole thing farcical. I mean, no one would give a shit. People, listen, people would still give a shit about the World Cup, but people would barely give a shit about the World Cup if the best players in the world were not able to participate in it. If Messi and Ronaldo and Neymar and Mbappe and Pogba and Buffon couldn't participate in the World Cup, I know Buffon doesn't play for the Italian national team anymore, but you know what I mean, big name, you get the idea. I mean, if they aren't, they aren't allowed to participate in the World Cup, it doesn't feel like a World Cup, right? The best players have to be there. Otherwise, it's a devalued competition, much like, I don't know, the World Hockey Championships. If you're in a Northern Hemisphere country, and you know we got listeners all over the fucking world, but if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you'll know that you know, the best players in the NHL don't go to the uh, to the double IHF World Ice Hockey Championships every year. I mean, the best Russian players do because their league is done, but the NHL playoffs are going on, so the best players don't wind up going to the competition. No one takes it seriously, right? Well, that's what the World Cup would be if FIFA actually followed through on what it was they were threatening. So I think it might have been a hollow threat. I really fucking do. And I think it might have just been a look... I think it might have just been something they were doing to, to to try to try to look like they were coming out strong. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't even be surprised if Agnelli and Sheffarin, the UEFA president, it had a backroom gentleman's agreement where Sheffarin's like, okay, you know what? We'll inject 7 billion euro of cash into the Champions League. But I can't just do this because I have constituents. I have, you know, I can't just, I can't just look weak here. I've got to look like I have good reason to do something like this. So... Do what you got to do, create a PR distraction, create a PR fucking stink, and I'll have to make it, I'll make it look like a concession. And in order to have kind of kept the peace, it'll have been worth it. I won't get, I won't be in the line of fire. I wouldn't even be shocked if we're talking about that level of fucking conspiracy. Here's the thing, bro. If you, if, if UEFA and FIFA really wanted to hit these clubs where it hurt, you know what they would do? Very simple, bro. They just have to cut off their fucking talent pipeline. So what do you do? If you're FIFA, you say, okay, Leicester City, you're not a part of the Super League. Brilliant. Roma, you're not a part of the Super League. Well, great. We're happy. Thank you. You know, thank you for for uh, thank you for your honesty. We appreciate you sticking with us. Just so you know, you can't buy a player from the Super League. We can't buy a player from the Super League team, so that cuts off a revenue stream for the Super League teams. Probably not that big a deal because they could still buy players from each other within the league, within the closed system of the Super League, and they're going to be getting, a, they would be getting a fuck ton of TV revenue money in theory, but still hurts them. But where you really get them, where you really get those cunts is, you tell Roma and Leicester and Lyon, you also can't sell to any Super League team. You cannot transact with them at all. Because if FIFA had come out and said, any FIFA club, because any club, is, is any professional club is a part of, the football association of that respective country and every football association trickles up to FIFA, right? So FIFA could say that if you take part in a transaction with a Super League club, with one of those pagans, with one of those relics, we are going to fine you. We're going to ban you from your league. We're going to give you severe consequences that you're not going to be able to recover from. So then what the fuck happens? Well, players within the Super League can only be exchanged and traded to each other like in a closed system like the NBA. Eventually those players retire. They don't have a draft system. All they can do is create, I mean, all they can do is, is is create the best academy systems they can and, and try to develop talent in-house. But 
that's only going to get you so far. It's not going to get you as far as if you could buy talent from, you know, the surrounding clubs in your country, right? So if FIFA really meant business, that's what I, I that's what I think they would have done. They would have said, bah, you wanted to go do that? Okay, fine. You'll be dead in 15 years because we will not let any club that is a member of FIFA engage in a transaction with you. You guys are done over you need us more than we need you. That could have been something they did. But I think FIFA realized that it was a lose-lose situation if they would have done that. Because yes, it's true that you know they would have been squeezing out the Super League teams. But they would have gone a couple of World Cup cycles without the best players in the world. And they cannot afford that. In the long term, it would have worked out. But in the short term, it would have hit them really fucking hard. So, listen man. Power play. Power play by these clubs, and I think, I mean, now the whole thing is apparently suspended. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. They're claiming that they might, they're claiming that they're holding out on the pipe dream, but I think it's all an acting job. I really do. That or, again, this is a brilliant act of, this is a brilliant act of uh, stupidity. And um, Nick actually sent me a DM the other day from Soccernomics, a quote from Soccernomics that, just like oil is a part of the oil industry, stupidity is a part of the football industry. And you know what? That, that could very well be true too. It is, it is true that we should never underestimate the stupidity of people in power in any position. You know what I mean? Uh, look, at, look, at, look at people in your local government that might be elected. I mean, they're no smarter than you. People, elected officials say stupid shit all the time. It's not because you're in a position of power that makes you smart, right? So yeah, bear that in mind. But uh, I think this was all a brilliant play. And you know what? <laughs> you know what's hilarious? I, let's assume this is a fucking conspiracy theory here. Let, or let's excuse me. Let's assume that this conspiracy theory is totally correct. Let's assume that my hunch is totally bang on. Well, UEFA actually do get a little bonus here because Andrea Agnelli, you know, kind of in for optic reasons, right? For optical reasons, he would have. He would have, you know, done what he did. He stepped down as the chair of the ECA. He's like, well, my job here is done. I'm no longer, I don't, I, I don't need to, I don't need to lobby for power to the clubs now because, you know, I'm going out and creating my Super League. Meanwhile, what he really knows that he's achieved his goal of strong arming a fuck ton of money out of UEFA to the tune of 7 billion euro. But that aside, he's out. Well, who does UEFA bring in? They bring in fucking Nasser Al-Khalefi, the Qatari guy who runs PSG, who's, who's basically a mole. I mean, he's a, he's a, He's a UEFA mole. He's he's uh, he's not going to be a thorn in their side like Agnelli was. That's for sure. Because of course, PSG and Khalifi literally are Qatar. So Qatar and FIFA have to stay on good terms right now. PSG, PSG, the reason they didn't join this fucking league. PSG, the reason they didn't that they didn't, you know, that they, they didn't take part in this was because they couldn't even be involved with, optically. Uh, from a PR standpoint, they couldn't even look like they had cucked FIFA because, again, the Qataris and FIFA are in bed and, uh, you know, Qatar has paid a fuck ton of money to FIFA to host the World Cup in Qatar next year. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're basically in bed with one another. Um, a lot of people are wondering why Bayern Munich and the German teams didn't get involved. On, you know, the German teams came out. I know Bayern came out holier than thou and said we'll never take part in something like this. I, I I honestly think that they knew what was going on. They were told, okay, this is perfect, it's fine. But you know, I think they I think they were told I think they were told what was going on. Bayern said, okay, go ahead, have fun. It sounds like a good play. We'll get a lot of money out of it. The reason that Bayern couldn't get involved was because 
they have a 50% plus one rule in Germany whereby the club is effectively owned by its members. I know that's the case at Barcelona and a couple of clubs in Spain at Real Madrid as well, but uh, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of less a part of the culture there like it is in Germany. I think it would have gone down not as well over there. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, listen, there's been some great shit come out though. I mean, the memes have been unmatched. There's this one meme. I just, I don't forget. I don't forget. I don't remember who 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 this came from. But fucking Michael Jordan looking at the NBA trophy, crying, and a guy goes, Gianluigi Buffon winning the Champions League in 2030 after beating Burnley in the final. It was just absolutely unreal. Possibly, possibly unmatched. Uh, you got Chelsea fans coming out saying they want their cold, wet Tuesday nights in Stoke. That was another good one. And the, the best of all was Roma. Roma coming out and saying, we condemn the Super League and we're, we will never take part in the Super League. Yeah, okay. Okay, Roma. That's, 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 that's cute. That's cute. I mean, you, 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 you got you to love, love, love the fringe guy that's not invited to the party saying, hey, just so you know, guys, I'm, I'm busy this weekend, so uh, I can't hang out. Oh, okay, bro. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, have, have fun. Have fun going apple picking this weekend. Yeah, that's fine. We'll uh, we'll survive. We'll go golfing without you. It's cool, man. Don't worry about it. Thanks, so Maybe another time, bro. Yeah, sure. Okay, thumbs up. Cool. Shut the bone. Roma and Sevilla. Sevilla came out as well because, of course, Sevilla were in very heavy contention for this, right? Perennial Europa League champions, right? They, 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 were, they, were, they were at risk of joining this league, right? They were going to get to 15, and they were at 12, and PSG and Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund were all out, but yeah. Yeah, Sevilla was gonna get in, so that was that was funny. <laughs> but but uh, look, so so I guess none of this fucking matters anymore. I mean, none of the shit I said matters because the whole fucking thing went tits up. I would just say stay woke and uh, be open to the possibility that this might have actually been a power play. I'm gonna give hero of the week to Andrea Agnelli and Florentino Perez, not because I agree with all the shit they said. I think they've been I think they've been acting this whole fucking time, and I think they've been just putting up. This 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 front for what has been a brilliant play to get exactly what they wanted out of UEFA, and I commend them for that because if because bear in mind UEFA conceding UEFA making a seven billion euro concession to the cha to you know to the clubs isn't only benefiting the guys that were a part of the Super League; it's benefiting literally every single club that's a part of the Champions League. So that actually does benefit the collective of football because who the fuck are UEFA to take any more profit than they should? Yeah, they put the thing on. They put the competition on. But at the end of the day, every single club in Europe could unionize, say, fuck you, UEFA. We're out. And we're going to go do what these clubs threatened to do the other day, which is form our own competition. Yeah, it's a little bit bitter. It's a little bit unsavory when there's no relegation. It definitely stings. It doesn't, it doesn't roll off the tongue very nicely. But at the end of the day, people would still watch it. And that would hit UEFA where it hurts. UEFA, do not dictate where the fucking power lies. They are a mafia who decide winners and losers. They are the ones who decide whether or not you could do anything in football. And I think good for the clubs for trying to reclaim a larger piece of the pie. If it's going to make them sustainable. If it's going to help them keep sustainable. Now, I think that the fact that they're desperate for cash speaks to problematic practices in a lot of cases. I think Real Madrid are 900, billion, 900 million euro in debt. So, I mean... Listen, at a certain point, you got to manage yourself at a point that you could stay sustainable. So if reckless spending forced Florentino Perez to try to strong arm UEFA into doing what they did or try to join this breakaway Super League, if it was a legit attempt, well, I mean, then 
then that's actually not a great look on him. But let's just go out. Let's just oversimplify things here and say, for simplicity's sake, it is a good move. If the Super League doesn't happen, everything remains as it is, status quo, except the clubs wind up with more money. It's great. There's more money in the game for the clubs. You know? So that's good for fans. It's good for fans if clubs are more sustainable. It's good for clubs if they can go out and buy better players. And, uh, you know, ultimately, you might argue that the cost of players will just continue to get inflated, which I guess doesn't really, you know, that doesn't really help things. It doesn't really help anyone, does it? But I think we should be in favor of clubs having more power and being able to do whatever it is they want. And yes, I, I get that fans want power as well, but fans do have power because they they can watch whatever they want and if they choose to turn off the TVs, that's when it hits the clubs where it hurts. The problem is fans can't really mobilize. Yeah, everyone mobilized in their outrage for this, but at the end of the day, it's very hard to say, and I guess we'll never know because it doesn't look like the competition is happening, but it's very difficult to say whether or not people would have actually tuned out of this competition because I, you know what uh, I'm, I regret to inform you that I might have tuned in as Juventino as bitter as I might have been and as much as I would have missed the old ways I probably would have watched I probably still would have fucking watched might have gotten boring the idea of playing Real Madrid and Barcelona every week being boring is scary but uh, you know it's still it would have been something it would have been competition and I would have watched it and you know what look at yourselves in the mirror and Honestly, ask yourself if you would have not watched it too. Anyway, look. So, like I said, a lot of layers to this whole shit. I really expect it to go in a different direction uh, a couple of days ago to where we wound up going here. But, but hey, um, it's what it is. I mean, we, we can only report the news as it as it comes uh, as it comes in. I gotta say, uh, I'm a little disappointed that we couldn't make like like a fucking non-Super League Azzurri squad this summer. I mean, uh, squad building would have been a lot of fun. Angelo Bonna starting left center back, no problem. Bastoni, Bonucci, Chiellini, they all would have been out of contention. Romagnoli, uh, pff, fucking Emerson Palmieri would have been out. Uh, Jorginho, Barella. Yeah, it w- would have made things a lot more interesting for sure. We would have had Graziano Pelle starting again. We would have had, uh, we would have had to bring back... Uh, we would have had to, we'd have Chicho Caputo leading the line. You'd have you'd have Chiru Immobile still leading the line to be fair, but he still would he still would be struggling to score in the big games for Yadzuri. But I guess it wouldn't change much on. It's too bad it wouldn't change. Yeah, it would it wouldn't change the uh, the forward the forward line because maybe maybe that would have actually been good. You know, if like Immobile and Belotti played for played for played for like Milan or something, and they couldn't be selected, so we had to go we had to go crazy and take like a kid or something. Not that I have anything against Belotti or Immobile, especially Belotti with the national team, but digress. Listen, let's talk a little bit about some of the action over the weekend. I, I, look, top four race is really heating up here. Uh, interesting day today, uh, Wednesday, the 21st of April. By the way, hope you all had a, a fantastic 420 uh, yesterday. Uh, I know it's Haram, so if you're doing Ramadan, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. Maybe uh, you know, blaze it, blaze it, in a, blaze it in a couple weeks, bro. But um, yeah, Juve lost to Atalanta at the weekend, which was just the absolute worst result for Juve possible. But the for the neutral fan, the best result that could have happened because it, it cracked the top four race that much more wide open. We're now at a point where uh, currently, as we record this pod, Atalanta and Napoli have a game in hand on Juve and are. One and five points back on them, respectively. So, 
I mean, this is it's it's a big weekend we got coming. It's a big weekend we got coming up here because because every weekend's gonna be big now coming down the stretch. Inter drawing Napoli was unfortunate. Inter now decided to draw two games in a row, uh, just as Juve decide to just as you de, just as Juve decide to fucking lose to Atalanta, um, and, and, and as Milan and as Milan lost today to Sassuolo. Just just, just when you maybe thought that. Things could have been a little bit more interesting. You know, if Milan had won today, put a little bit of pressure on Inter, maybe, you know, within striking distance, if Inter lose a game or two, maybe they would have maybe they would have fumbled the title. You know, that would have been really fun. Obviously, that's not happening. They have too much of a cushion now. But, bro, uh, it, it's 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 got to be said. Napoli, kudos to them for, for, for edging out a result against a very tough Inter side. And I, I, I want to give kudos as well to Spezia, who today drew Inter 1-1. Again, uh, Nick sent me <laughs> Nick sent me this this uh, this fucking this fucking tweet. Some stats on the game. XG for the game. Spezia's expected goals for the game, based on the way that the match panned out, was zero point zero three expected goals. Nick, <laughs> so you know what? Fucking kudos to to Mister Italiano for getting for getting a big result against the big side. He he looks set to stay up. Um, I know it's not. It's not it's not a sure thing right now, but they've really put themselves in a good position to stay up in their first year. And Nick actually called it terrorist football. I think I saw I saw a comment on Twitter that killed me. They're saying that during Ramadan, playing that way should be considered haram. Uh, but, but, but hey, if it gets results, why why the fuck not? Uh, why the fuck not? But you know, I gotta say personally, I was very satisfied today to see Giacomo Raspadori come off. The bench and scored two goals against Milan in like ten minutes to beat them. Uh, Sassuolo were down one nil to Milan, and they fucking actually beat them two to one. I mean, because Giacomo Raspadori is twenty one years old, baby. He's right at that prime age where we could start hyping him up. It's hype time, baby. Euro, ooh, you know, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe get get some IFTV fucking graphics, get some get some people from Yonkers, New York, talking about how uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, he's yeah, he's young, bro, yeah, he's. He's young, he's Italian, yeah, talent, bro, talent. Yeah, you never know, bro. Really, really promising. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can't help it, man. I can't fucking help it. I know, I know last week I was talking about, just last week I was talking about how it's ridiculous how we kind of, how we kind of, uh, you know, hype up to the moon every single young Italian who has any flash of brilliance. But, hey, it, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere. I hope this could be the start of something. I really do. I like the guy. He 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 he's a very weird poacher. He doesn't look like a poacher because of how small he is in stature, but he moves. He floats like a butterfly, man. I, I really like him. Good touch in the box on the second goal that he scored. Beautiful finish into the bottom corner. Donnarumma couldn't even move. Uh, hey, time to start hyping him up. He's my new guy. He's my new guy. We're gonna we're gonna be on Raspadori watch all the time. Just made that a thing, but. Listen, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about one of the craziest matches of the entire season. And make no mistake, make no mistake about it, Cagliari versus Parma at the weekend was one of the biggest results of the season. Was one of the biggest games of the season. And you know what? Listen, Parma, Parma have had a really tough schedule of late. They played Juve today. Juve beat them three one after Parma had, went, had gone up early. And uh, you know, we, we had a little bit of a deep dive on Parma last week. We won't go too too in depth. But they played Milan two weeks ago. It's this is it's not an easy stretch of the schedule here. But they had a game against Cagliari, and right now, look, going into this game, going into the game, um, Cagliari were on. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, they were on 25 points, and Parma were on 20. 
No, excuse me. Motherfucking Cagliari, who just won today, got to 28 points. They were on 22 points going into this game. So, I mean, shit. 18th place versus 17th place. And two points were separating them. Two points were fucking separating them. My God, man. This was insane. So, so Parma are up 3-2. to two. It's the 89th, 90th minute. And Cagliari tie it up. And it's, it, by the way, it's games like this that really piss you off that there are no fans in the stadium. Because you know, you know, like one of, one of the most satisfying things as a football fan is when you get to watch a game on TV and see the camera shake when it feels like there's an earthquake in the stadium and the camera's shaking and players are going up to the camera like just kissing it and you can see people jumping behind the goal. It looks you you just see limbs, limbs flying around, uh, scarves, just beer flying in the air. I mean, that's that's a beautiful sight that we haven't seen for far too long. And this would have been like the ultimate fucking game for that. So Cagliari tied up in like the 90th minute. You think that that's it. Don't they come back down and score again? Uh, courtesy of Alberto Cerri, who has scored, who, who doesn't score often, but has scored a very similarly crazy late goal for them recently. I think like a year ago, he did the same goddamn thing. All he does is stands back post and just jumps for headers and scores late in games. And, and listen, the guy went absolutely nuts. Um, as you'd expect, I mean, Calgary's players are fucking crying, and w- which what an insane game it was. And, v- and Vicario was back in goal, who I who I shouted out last week, and he made an incredible save from like point blank range from the right wing uh, in like the ninety fourth minute. Picked up the ball, retained it, even though the shot was from like six yards out, and Padma's right winger, I forget who the fuck it was, just blasted it at his chest, retained it, and again. Sam, the goalkeeper now, has a great level of appreciation for this shit. Looks up, really quickly relaunches the play. Boom, they score on the counterattack. Insane, 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 insane. And listen, you got to feel bad for Padma, but that's the sort of shit that... That's the, that's the sort of shit that's fucking inexcusable, right? I'm sorry, but you're up 3-2. You, when, when, when you're trying to save yourself, I mean, it's not... It's, it's, it's just emblematic of, of the type of season they've had. They've, they have the fewest they have the fewest wins on the season at 3. I mean it's they're 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 not a great team. But still, still it really looked like they had it in the bag and the fact that Cagliari came back, I mean, you know, Parma are getting relegated. Now let's be honest. I mean, they're they're 11 points back, it's over, but th- their soul was crushed on the weekend. It totally was. Cagliari came out today and beat Udinese 1-0, big result for them. So look out for them, man. Look out for them to to maybe stay up. I mean, they're, they're, they're a couple points back on Benevento now, and we're, we're going down to the wire. Listen, if anything, I know the title is kind of a, you know, a far-gone conclusion at this point, but at least we're going to have quite a bit of interesting activity atop the table, atop the table for the top four spots right now. Lazio aren't out of it either right now, by the way, bro. They're fucking not. They have a couple of games in hand. Game in hand, bro. Game in hand. Game in hand, bro. So let's, uh, let's see what the hell happens. But, 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 Look, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm really, I, I, I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you all to go watch the highlights of the Cagliari Parma game if you did not. I understand that we have listeners who follow every goddamn fucking club in the league, and I know that most of them are going to be top half clubs, but you, you got to watch the highlights of this game. You, you're, you're, or just, you know what? Just watch the last ten minutes of it. If you can't find highlights, just watch it on a streaming platform or some shit from start to finish. Thank me later. Um, so, uh, listen, man, I, I got to give Thrones of the Week to Parma for blowing that shit. I, and this is this is in a week when the Super League came out and uh, failed within 48 hours. But because we're going off the assumption that the Super League was 
a beautifully orchestrated attempt at strong-arming Wefa. We're not going to give anyone that was involved in that Stronzo status just yet. We're going to give it to Parma. That's how bad Parma have been this year. That's how bad a result this was for Parma. Um, yeah, I feel I feel bad for fucking Kyle Krauss, but yeah, they'll be back. They'll be back up next year. No fucking problem. Um, listeners, listen, I, I, I don't know what the hell's going to happen now. I, I'm going to be honest. I, I have no idea if in the next week half the shit I said will have become totally dated. I don't fucking know. At this point, at this point, presidents are coming out daily and, and making statements. And what, what I love most is clubs now coming out and saying that they actually, even though they were one of the clubs that was involved in the breakaway Super League attempt, they actually had nothing to do with it. Like Paolo Maldini coming out and saying, listen, like, I'm sorry to the fans. Yeah, I had nothing to do with this. I have no idea what's going on. Laporta from Barcelona coming out and saying, like, yeah, sorry, we're only going to do this with the approval of our members. Kind of implying that it was long in motion before he got there. I found that a little bit weird. I found that very weird. You got you got Chelsea coming out apologizing to their fa- Anyway, weird fucking shit. I don't trust any of these teams for a second. I don't trust anything. Don't trust everything you're reading. If, if listen, if the conspiracy theory that you have makes more sense than the reality that is unfolding before your eyes, you have to ask questions. I'm quoting Mike Miller, whose podcast I was on yesterday. I was on the Premier Podcast. If you want to check that out, we went into a little bit more of a deep dive on the Super League, the number one Canadian football podcast out there. I had a great time with him, local guy. We'll get him. We'll get him back on the podcast sometime soon. But yeah, stay woke, people. Stay fucking woke, and uh, have a drink. Have a drink tonight. Listen, the, the whole thing is over. It seems for now, but I have a very sneaky feeling that there's going to be more news to break in the next week. And I'll be here to talk all about it. We'll see if we have a guest next week lined up. Until then, in the meantime, you can get at us on all platforms. We are on Twitter at Cultural Podcast, on Instagram at Cultural Podcast. TikTok is also Cultural Podcast, our Facebook page. You can like it if you want. We're on all fucking major platforms. Subscribe to us. Please leave us a five-star review, especially on iTunes. On iTunes, I want you to leave us a five-star review. If you're listening to this on iTunes right now on Apple Podcasts, take a second. It doesn't cost you anything. Go and give us a five-star review if you listen to this all the way through. Apparently, I learned today, it helps me out a great deal. Apparently, it means that I'll be suggested a little bit quicker. You know, I'll be, I'll be higher up in the recommendation list. I'd appreciate that very much. We're trying to grow this bitch. We're trying to keep this ship rolling, even though I have to resort to some solo rants sometimes now. I still enjoy fucking doing this, be it with people or not. I want to keep doing this as long as possible for you guys. So, uh, yeah, leave us a five-star fucking review. And just in closing here, I think this whole thing has actually been a pretty positive experience for all of us as football fans. Because if nothing else, they provided us with an opportunity to look introspectively and decide what it is we value in football. So, on that note, listeners, thanks for tuning in to this 123rd episode. We'll catch you soon. And until next time, ciao. Con gli strati ok, i miei passi svelti ok, salto sul mezzo ok, sono le sette ok Scarpe da tennis mi portano a casa, sì pure stanotte ok, so che mi odi ok Soldi sul parquet, fra palmi sulle slot, rush a roulette, con 33 colpi dentro la glock Croci sui jeans, troppo costoso il brand, tu parli come se fossimo friend, biglio, nets, money, gang, Lamborghini, 
C'è una tipa che chiama da quattro giorni sopra il mio iPhone Metto scarpe da tennis, le lancio strette e scappo dai cops Ora i soldi sono puliti, ma prima no Che quello non lo so, gira a destra lo stop Nel traffico schiaccio sport